The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org.
I am sorry to announce that last week, long-term member of this community, Francis Lee, passed away. As is periodically the custom in this church, in such a moment, we will extinguish a candle on our altar in memory of her and her spirit among us that remains. So good morning, friends. Good morning, family. Good morning, everybody, on this day just before solstice, the shortest day of the year, a time when we feel, even here in San Francisco, the depth of winter upon us, and a time when cultures and religions through time have often felt the need to witness this moment with rituals, with ceremonies that would try to call back life and light and summer from the places where it had receded to in this time. In fact, last night in this community, our pagan interest group gathered for a solstice celebration in the rituals and ceremonies that are still alive and vibrant here and beyond here. So we invite you to this service. If you are a guest, so welcome. Let me give you a little background, which is last year, this service, which we called Hanging of the Greens and did for the first time, honoring this ancient celebration in the Northern Hemisphere of bringing in the greens that remind us that life is still around in this time. It was a big intergenerational event with lots of movement and the creation of the greens and learning a song, all of which is not possible this year. And so we are doing this this adaptation, this whole year, a year of experiment and adaptation to have the Hanging of the Greens again this year. So welcome to this service of experiment in COVID times. We welcome you. I want to thank, before we begin, all of those who've made this worship possible, to Eric Shackelford and to Jonathan Silk, who are running our camera and our sound, and Shuli Ong, who is up in the balcony, who brought you Reiko, Reiko Oda Lane, our organist, who began worship for us this morning. I want to point out our other musicians, and we are lucky to have a treasure trove of musicians here today. So in addition to Reiko, we have Mark Sumner, our music director. He is leading our quartet, Leandra Ram, Brielle, Marina Nielsen, Asher Davison, also Ben Rudiak-Gould, and Bill Gantz. In addition, though, and there is an addition, we also have a COVID bell choir, a remnant of, well, in our case, misfits, joining two experts, Amy Kelly and Janet Scott, who are help to make us look good and show us the way. And so we will bring you that, too, under Reiko Odelaine's uh, gracious and masterful leadership. I'm lucky to be joined today, all of us bringing you this worship, Allison Jacks, our associate minister, and Meg McGuire, our intern. If you are having any trouble getting online today, you can chat, enter something in the chat today, or call the office, and you will, you will be met there by Joe Chapeau, who will help you get connected so that you can, um, you can be part of today's worship. 
I did also want to mention that Amy Kelly and Judy Payne and Carrie Steer Salazar are responsible, along with Allison, for the decorations these last few weeks. Um, but particularly, Judy and Carrie and Amy brought in the poinsettias, uh, and we'll be bringing them in for Christmas Eve in full. Um, to that point, we just want to mention that this year, some of our services are pre-recorded, and for lots of reasons, in part, so, well, for lots of very good reasons. So actually, our poinsettias are available now because we can offer them to you to come pick up. So if you are in the area today after service at 1230 to 2 and you come up to the main door, we will give you a poinsettia to take home. And if you know someone near you who could use one, someone's at home and being careful and could like a little holiday cheer, please come by and we'll give you more than one so that we can um, bring some of the holiday you know, spirit to people around the city um, with our blessings here from this community. If you are joining the service today, I hope you get hold of the order of service so you can follow along. I hope you'll join us, all of you, for coffee hour afterwards. Alex Dar is going to be hosting us. You'll get a chance to meet a few people there. And I want to call your attention to the announcements in the order of service, but in particular, a few. This Tuesday, our racial justice group is meeting on Tuesday night. Wednesday night, we're bringing you a blue Christmas service of Vespers. M Meg and I will be leading it. It's a chance for those of you for whom the holidays are hard always, or this year in particular, to join us. You just have to let us know in advance that you'll be joining us so we can get you the information for how to participate in that. And Christmas Eve, of course, which is at our classic time of 4.45. And you should be able to find links to all of these on our website and in our um, newsletter and our weekly newsletter, which if you are not getting as a visitor, you'll find uh, a visitor card and an opportunity to sign up for that, which I highly encourage because there are an enormous number of programs coming up from our Humanist Non-Theist group. Our forum has fantastic speakers in January also. So it's really worth checking it out, and please feel invited to participate in anything you'd like. Sign up for a small group. It's a great way to get connected. And one date I want to make sure you all have on your calendars in advance is February 5th. That's the date of our live auction, and our silent auction will be in the week preceding, and you have an opportunity to donate, so think about any donations you might want to add to that. So welcome to this place which is alive in these times, just in a different way than we were nine months ago. And in celebration and honoring of that, we will do as we have every week and light our blue candle, which is the candle we have lit as a reminder of all of you beloveds who are not here physically, but are with us in spirit in this space until such a time as we can all be together here again which is sooner and more reachable this week, I think, than we have all felt in a long, long time. So blessings, and welcome to worship, and let's sing together our first hymn. It's hymn number 21, but it's in your order of service for the beauty of the earth.
Chalice lighting words are from the Reverend uh, Sean Parker Dennison, a piece entitled In Wholeness. There is no competition between this light and the darkness which holds it. Both the light and the darkness are holy. We light this chalice not to defeat the darkness, but because for a time we need the gifts of flame warmth and light to guide, to help us in our endeavors. And when the time comes, we will embrace again the gentle dark which allows us rest. And so we kindle this light with awareness and gratitude for light and dark and all that lies in between, each with its gifts, each with its beauty, each part of a sacred and necessary whole. Please join us now for our spoken, covenant, and sung doxology. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its prayer. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in freedom, and to help one another. As we deepen into this solstice service, creating sacred space together, we'll sing hymn number 1067, beloved Mother Earth, Beloved Garden, through which we ground in and honor the four directions through song. If you wish, you can turn your body to face each direction as we sing together. You'll find the words in your order of service and there are enough verses that we hope it'll be easy to pick up by the time we finish.
Recognizing there is human suffering all over the world in the course of natural and human catastrophes, we ring our gong today in honor of two such places of suffering and struggle. We ring our gong first as we have since July of 2019 for those lives held and those lives lost in federal custody in our detention camps for the mounting trauma to children separated from their families, to all people held without charges in less than transparent or humane circumstances, in this repeat of some of the most shameful chapters of our nation and our world's history of xenophobia, racism, and greed. We ring the gong seven times for this week of days for which we bear responsibility as citizens for wrongs done in our names. We ring our gong additionally once for the losses this week to COVID-19. 
This last week, over 76,000 people died of COVID-19 globally, 17,500 in the United States alone. We hold in our hearts all of these losses and also all who continue to risk their lives to provide essential service. Those who suffer the loss of job, whose lives are especially vulnerable to the disease and all whose isolation and struggle through the grief and loneliness is harder the longer the pandemic continues. So much to remember so much to hold. May we keep those we have named and their loved ones in our thoughts and our prayers. And may we ease the tide of human suffering this coming week, however so we can. I invite you to enter with me now into a time of deeper presence and contemplation. I offer you this meditation on the winter solstice by the Reverend Lynn Cox. We pause as the path of the sun reverses, seemingly holding its place for a moment of turning. Let us delve into the gifts of darkness at the winter solstice. We follow curiosity and contemplation down into the cold earth, taking a journey to the world below the surface. Here we find acorns cached by squirrels and chipmunks, perhaps to be food laid in store or perhaps to become trees 
in the fullness of time. We find the burrows of hibernating animals, those who sleep and repair. We find seeds, including some that will not sprout unless they first wait through frost and ice. Life finds rest and renewal in the darkness. May those who are weary find comfort. May those who are struggling find meaning and companionship. May those who are injured or ill find recovery. May those who hunger find abundance. Let this be a time of healing. And may the dreams of the dark lead us to share these gifts with one another. Our imagination rises back to the surface, to life where the cold ground meets the crisp air. Here, we observe life finding its way. We observe animals eating seeds left on the ground through, though the harvest is long past. We notice the migration of birds natural movement that allows populations to find places where they can thrive. We observe the trees that appear to sleep and yet hold sap that will rise again before the spring arrives. We observe that not everything lives through the winter and yet all that has lived returns to the earth and is transformed. Let this be a time of resilience. May the changing seasons bring new meaning and new insights. May creativity and persistence lead us to find resources for all to share. May those who migrate find safety and may there be good news in the wind. May transformation lead us onward. We lift our imagination now to the sky, to the returning sun and to the brilliant winter night. Shifting hours of light and darkness remind us that change is part of the rhythm of the universe. And so trouble does not last, not forever. Acknowledging the gifts of darkness, we also look forward to the growing light, a change that brings glimmers of hope. We marvel at the beauty of this time. Stars unobstructed by leaves, jewels of the night shining over the land, moon and meteors inspiring us to awe and wonder. Let this be a time of celebration. What joy can be found, let us hold it close, blow on its embers and share its spark. We do not take for granted having come this far, and we give thanks for our companions on the journey. I invite you to continue in this meditation, in this shared silence.
I invite you to come one level deeper together through singing hymn number 55, Dark of Winter. as some of you may know, comes from the Latin words sol, sun, and sistere, meaning to stand. Winter solstice then was the day when the sun stood still, or seemed to. And indeed, after tomorrow, the sun will very, very slowly at first seem to grow stronger from that day until June 21st when it will stand still again at the longest day of our year and then seem to grow weaker thereafter. In Northern cultures, there were lots of stories and ceremonies around this event some to explain it. In Finland, it was said that Luhi, the witch goddess of the north, kidnapped the sun and moon and held them captive inside a mountain, causing darkness in winter. In Greek mythology, the Kali Kantzaros, 
were angry, hairy, gnome-like creatures who came out especially at solstice night to try and achieve their dastardly ends. But they were not very smart and could only count to three, so villagers would put out colanders to distract the gnomes who would try to count the number of holes and, and be busy the whole night through. Thank God for colanders. More ancient Celtic stories told of the Oak King who represented the light and the Holly King representing the dark and their fight from which the Oak King would emerge victorious. Endless stories. And this one. The origins, perhaps very new, written by Andrus Corbin Arthen on how the Yule got its name. This is the story of the very first song. It's a true story, as all stories are, if you believe them. This story begins a long, long time ago when the earth and sun gave birth to the first beings, the first plants, the first animals, and people. It was springtime, and the sun shone warm and bright from its high perch above the earth. Proud mother that she was, the mother held and uh, mother earth held and fed her newborns and relished them with tenderness and love. It was a time of joy. It was a time of great delight. The moon waxed and waned, and again in the night sky. And the children of the earth grew well and strong through summertime. They played, they danced, and the earth and the sun watched over them. Then autumn came, and the earth began to sleep much longer every day. She grew tired and pale. She could no longer feed her children, and she had no strength to grow new life. High above, the sun grew distant and took longer to return each morn. The nights grew cold and the nights grew longer and cold winds blew where none had blown before. And then one day the earth went to sleep and never did wake up. She wrapped herself in a blanket of snow and rested her tired head on pillows of dried leaves and she did not wake up. Her children could do nothing to rouse her from her slumber. They prodded her, they called to her, but she would not awaken. In the sky, the sun was nowhere to be seen, and the children of the earth felt fear and also despair. This was the longest night they had ever known. What shall become of us, they pondered. Earth mother sleeps and father son is oh so far away that we can barely see him in the sky. He is much too far to hear our call. What shall we do?
So our story continues. They brought their questions and their fears to the moon, the sister of the sun, for they knew not where else to turn. She closed her eyes and took a slow, deep breath and looked within herself and awoke thoughts 
that had never been awakened until then. She opened her soft eyes and then said, When hope is lost, the best way to get it back is with a song. Climb the tallest trees, the biggest hills, the highest mountains, and yule a song to reach the sun. Now, yule is a, a word from one of the most ancient tongues. It's related to words like yell or yodel, and it means to call out in a song. But the first beings had never heard of a song. So once again, they sought the moon's advice. How shall we yule? They asked. How shall we sing a song? Hmm. Take the best of what you have, she said. The best of what you are. Take what you love, what you cherish most. Take your joys, your dreams, your fondest hopes, and weave them all together in sound. And so they did. They climbed atop the tallest trees, the mountains and the hills. They stood on all the places that would bring them closest to the sun. They shut their eyes and thought and felt the best of their thoughts and feelings and dreamt the finest of their dreams. And as they did, their voices rang and made a bridge of song across the sky to reach the distant sun. He heard and turned and smiled and wrapped himself in all his light and presence and warmth and sped to where the yuling voices called. As he drew near, the sleeping earth did stir and dreamt a dream of spring. The wheel of life made its first round and hope and joy prevailed. And ever since that time of the year has been called Yule in honor of the song. But the first song didn't end. It had such power, such allure, that the first beings kept singing it. And then the second beings of the earth took up the song, as did the third. And so ever since it has gone, through the seasons and through the years, until this very day, we sing our thanks to those who went before and sing our fondest wish to those who come behind. We bask in the returning light of reawakened hope and welcome Yule. At times, the song is very soft and scarcely can be heard above the din and clatter of our lives. But when Yule comes, it rises and swells in memory of that night when the sun heard and light and life were reawakened. And so do we upon this longest night gather with those we love and those who love us 
and stand upon the body of the slumbering earth and light the log with last year's coal and lift up our voices, soaring to the sun and join the song that was first sung so very long ago. In this season of weaving seasonal songs and joyous sounds, we experience something awakening inside of us. And so in that spirit, we asked our organist and handbell choir director, Reiko Lane, if we might make a music together this morning with the help of longtime bell choir members, Amy Kelly and Janet Scott. We are excited to debut our new bells purchased this year after our old bells were stolen. Reiko has graciously agreed to let Meg, Vanessa, and I join in making joyful sound together. If you have a bell close by at your home, feel free to ring it out with us. And if you know the words to O Tannenbaum or O Christmas Tree, feel free to join in singing. Our reading this morning comes from a selection or a section from Wintering, The Power of Rest and Retreat in Difficult Times by Catherine May. There is a change in the air. Early morning when I open the back door, it billows into the kitchen, crisp and cold and fresh as mint. It makes white clouds of my breath. Winter has decorated ordinary life. Some days everything sparkles, glamorizing the lids and bins of the tarmac patchwork on the pavements. Frost etches mysterious patterns on the roof of our car, and the puddles that collect in the gutter are crisp with ice. Transformation is the business of winter. In Gaelic mythology, the hag deity known as Caelach turns human form in Samhain to rule the winter months, bringing with her winds and wild weather, a touch of her staff enough to freeze the ground. Yet the Caelach is thought to be another, the mother of gods, the gruff, cold originator of all things. Her reign lasts until the beginning of May when Brigia takes over the and the Calic turns to stone. As we often find in ancient folklore, the Calic offers us a cyclical metaphor for life, one in which the energies of spring arrive again and again, nurtured by the deep retreat of winter. 
We are no longer accustomed to thinking in this way. Instead, we are in the habit of imagining our lives to be linear, a long march from birth to death. This is a beautiful and br this is a brutal, brutal untruth. Life meanders like a path through the woods. We have seasons when we flourish and seasons when the leaves fall from us, revealing our bare bones. Given time, they grow again. Life goes on abundantly in winter. And so Catherine Kay reminds us what has been part of our human noticing in the Northern Hemisphere for centuries, what has been explained in countless stories, namely that even when it is winter, something powerful is going on. Life is resting and gathering strength for the new year. Here in San Francisco, a lot of plants and even flowers stay alive and even bloom through the winter. But in places where winter was most severe, like up in the mountains near us, when snow and ice cover things and they don't bloom, they drop their leaves, they look dead even, even there, changes are made, as Kay says that will usher in future glories. You might not see all those changes until spring. And so wise people learned to find signs to remind themselves and one another of what was and always is true. One of those reminders are the evergreens that are green even through winter. They remind us of everything that is alive, even when it might not look that way. And of the life that is resting and preparing to blossom again. We cut those greens, we tie them, we bring them indoors because they are beautiful and because they smell so good. And because they remind us that winter is full of life too. A time to prepare, perhaps to go deep, perhaps to rest, and to think about what fruit you would like to bear in the next season of life. So, in that spirit, ancient and timeless, we bring in the greens and sing together the song for just such a moment. Deck the Hall. Oh! 
more fun when all of you are here so I'm looking forward to that next year but the greens are brought in and so we read as we did last year the reading by Thomas Alburn who writes green 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 again and greener still this is our dream for winter the evergreens have been symbolic for a long long time of life and hope in the midst of winter. Long before the birth of Christ, people in Northern Europe celebrated the winter solstice with bonfires on hilltops, with boughs and even whole trees in their tribal halls. If trees could maintain their green life through the long, cold nights of winter, Surely the sun could turn on its course and climb the sky again and bring back summer once more. The bonfires and the supplications had always worked in the past, and surely they would work again now. They did. They still work. This month, the sun will turn back from the abyss and climb the sky toward summer, green, 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 and greener still. Happy winter solstice to us all. Friends, we extend our blessings to you. In the time of coming, the, in the coming days and nights, may you make time for rest time for ritual, time for making a joyful noise. May you have time to pause and feel the earth's gentle turning. May you know the beauty of this wintering season. And in our leaving, let us hold to this, the enduring of love, the persisting of hope, the remembering of joy the offering of gratitude, the receiving of grace, and the blessings of peace. Go in peace.
The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org.